Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere, check it. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah, I got some news to break. Oh, do, do we need to add up uh, breaking news? <laughs> no, it ain't that necessary. <laughs> last time, last time I broke some news, I almost, I almost started a Bulls fans avalanche, and I told myself never again, ever, <laughs> ever, ever again, will I ever. God damn you, summer of LeBron! You almost ended my career quite early. I'll tell that story on this pod some other time. <laughs> I'll let you guys build up some trust before you uh you hear what young Jason was up to back in the days. You know, emailing this one, going to this club to meet that one. You know, you should have went the Stephen A. Smith route. I'm here in Chicago, but I'm also here in another city. Like right, right. I'm hearing, right, right. I'm hearing Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade to Chicago, but I'm also hearing them to the Jazz, the Thunder, the Magic, and also the Cavaliers. Maybe the Heat have a back doorway. It's always about my New York Knicks, though. Shout out to shout out to Stephen A. Smith. We can only hope to be so blessed and fortunate and awesome at our respective gigs. All right. What episode is this, my main man, Jesse? What, what, what we got? What, I think what we're on 46. All right. Yeah. There it is. The Doug Plank episode. Here oh, we go. <laughs> the Doug Plank episode. The Gary Fensick. Gary was 45, though, right? Yeah. 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 45. So yeah. we just got off the, the, the Gary Fensick. This will be the Doug Plank. And now, since Chris wants to start this bullshit, every <laughs> single episode from here on out will be named after some mundane Chicago athlete when we get to 48 and 49 good luck <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna let y'all know i'm gonna sit out that one and let the guys name it uh welcome into episode 46 of the full gold podcast with jason golf 
I am Jason Goff, and we are brought to you by The Ringer. Of course, Spotify is the gang. You heard the, the, the wonderful voices of Jesse Lopez and, of course, Chris Tannehill. Our guy Steve Cerruti is somewhere around here bouncing from podcast to podcast, making sure that The Ringerverse and everybody – well, I shouldn't say The Ringerverse because that's a whole different franchise. Okay? I didn't, I didn't mean to globalize it in that way. Don't mean to step on the toes of The Ringerverse peeps, uh, but our guy Cerruti is somewhere lurking in another Zoom, making sure that the New York, New York podcast it's coming off without a hitch. Can't wait for that simulcast next week where we break down the fucking Giants and the Bears. <laughs> me and me and John Yastrzemski playing with ourselves while talking about football because that's pretty much it would be just as productive as breaking down the actual game. Oh, man. Uh, but shout out to JJ and everybody over there at the uh, New York, New York podcast. How's everybody doing? How y'all feeling? Huh? Glorious Sunday evening? Huh? Did you get yourself a little Bears football in your system? I'm going to let y'all know something right now because I don't I don't like to lie to people I care about. <laughs> people I don't care about, I lie to all day long. Uh because there's, there's going to be no repercussions. I'm probably not going to run into you again. Like for instance, I see people out and they'd be like, "Hey, I I'm you familiar?" And I'm like, "Nah, man, that's my brother. I'm in custodial work." You know what I mean? Don't don't worry. It's that's my it's my big time brother Jason Goff. That's that's not me. I'm just over here being Claude Goff or whatever. And that's how I I actually ran into Chris I ran into this dude at the mobile station. I was putting some air in my tire and I jump out the car, music blaring, right? The car didn't even come to a full stop at this point, but you know, he's eyeing, he's eyeing the tire, you know, air machine or whatever, but he's 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 taking his sweet time, right? And I'm like, I am the tire. Everyone's saying it to themselves right now. So I know people are saying it to themselves right now. So yes, we're all stupid. But oh yeah, we're all loopy. Yeah, we're all loopy. It's Sunday night. There's a week coming that we're not prepared for but we got to get prepared because oh, we're on that uh, weird holiday vibes too we're at the know? we're at the forefront of that by talking about this bears game how uh, this how this show crept up on us tonight oh my I'm God. Sure you were like oh no i gotta put on nice clothes and go down and do this free and post Bruh, <laughs> i'm sure I, I wear i wear either jogging suits or dress suits there is nothing in between and my my uh my 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 you know my closet is is filled with elastic waists and hoodies <laughs> and suits, right? So in, in a time now where because of COVID and the 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 Omarion variant that has been attacking everybody, uh, we have had a, a shaky schedule. Now, of course, our schedule, you know, we, we took Christmas off. You know, we took the Thursday pod off because we earned it. Damn it. You know, we, we, we turned out 45 of these joints for you. We, we decided to take a Thursday off. Shout out to Dollar Bill Simmons and Saruti and Tanny and Lopez and everybody who's involved with this joint. But we're we back. gave you Wani. We gave you Wani. What else? Yeah, we got, you got a face full of Wani. I mean, you can hold on to that for two pods in itself, right? We should have did a part one and a part two. Or you could have went back and checked the old files, right? When we was hitting it up with Jason Benetti and Ozzy Gein and all the, the, the guests of, of pods past, right? Like you could have done that you know hit up a stacy dales pod you know like we've been we've been we've been doing decent work these first 40 some odd pods or so i think at least uh i i want to admit something to you guys and i mentioned i had some breaking news wait wait you're the your gas station guy i cut you off oh the gas station <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 the gas station so so i jump out the the car and he is sauntering over to the 
the machine and I got, you know, I got moves to make. I, I want to get in, get out, you know, you don't want to see anybody see you pumping air into your tire like a broke boy. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't <laughs> be doing this. Mind you, I've been doing this like every day for the last 45 days now because I feel if something isn't as bad as I think it is, I can continue to do it. Now, what my is, fiance, what is my that fiance is pissed. Pumping air in your tire like a broke boy. Like, how, or what do you want to be a flat tire boy out here? So like, this is what the do thing. People do? do the, people go to like a service station whenever the tire's low? Like is that what is that what the rich people do? <laughs> you know what no, no, you know what they do? Not even even the broke boys, they get their tire fixed. I have had a nail in my tire since maybe the end of the summer. Oh yeah, patch it up. Just patch it up. Patch up the <laughs> but, patch. But the, the, the best part is, oh yeah, this is way too this is way too center mass of the tire. This is it's not on the outside radial. You know, you're you're gonna get two hundred eighty, at least three hundred twenty five dollars. I could do it for two sixty. So what I say in my head is, uh, you know, I could I could cut a corner here, save a buck here. It's kind of like my daily routine. All right, wake up, look at the PSI, go over to the tire shop, <laughs> and the best is when I lived in the South Loop, I would go over to that. Uh, to that Goodyear and that Firestone over there. And boy, were they, one dude actually said to me, you know, it'd be a lot cheaper if you just got this fixed. And I was like, oh, really now? Because I don't pay a damn thing when I come to you. So the cost really isn't an issue for me. Throw the tire in the air, Jack. You know what I'm saying? Like, what you on, fam? Like, you go, you go, you got, you got suggestions for me? You know what I mean? This isn't, this isn't, you know, suggestion box tire place. This is Goodyear. All right. Make this year good for me and put some air in the goddamn tire. I digress. So I jumped out the car. My man is standing at the tire machine and he he gives me one of these looks like, you shouldn't be here doing this. And I was like, you damn right I should. And I'm going to butt this line real quick. Give me this, old man. Jack the tire thing from him. Put it in my, my, put the hose, connected it to my tire. Next thing you know, we're running at 36, you know, pounds per square inch or whatever the hell PSI means, right? I I, I keep the air running, right? Because I only need it for a little bit. I was like, hey, man, live, homie. You get the rest of that. On the house. <laughs> yes, yes. The air <laughs> is on the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good fella style, right? Right. So he starts to put the air in his tire and he looks up at me. He goes, I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, like, is he one of the guys that called me the N word on the text line when I was on the score? You'll never know. Right. <laughs> like, is, is he a, is he just a happy fan of the Bulls who just run into his local pre and post game show host? And he goes, Golf. And I'm like, ah, what's happening, brother? I felt like a complete ass after taking the, the machine before he got to it and all that other stuff. But it happens, right? It happens. It happens. I, but I, the, the real breaking news that I have for you guys is, and I hate to admit this as a fan and as a working member of this industry uh, for a little while now, for whatever reason, and, and it's, it's happened consistently every year, maybe maybe two or three years where it hasn't been the case, but it happens once a year where for whatever reason, and I'm not going to lie to y'all, I miss a Bears game. <laughs> it happens once a year. And and luckily for me, people can't quite tell which one it was. 
<laughs> Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe it's a good thing. Who knows, right? But the reason why, and, and I will be straight up with y'all, the reason why I didn't catch a lot of tonight's Bears game or today's Bears game is because we were taping the pre and post game show because the Bears after show was going to be using our studios while the pregame for the Pacers and Bulls would have been on. So what we had to do was have our tails in the studio at 3.30. Bears game kicks off at 3.20. I'm taping a game, got my eye on the game, try to figure out what's going on in the game, watch plays from the first half. You know, the, I caught probably the uh, a decent chunk of the second quarter leading into the to halftime. But I'm going to tell you right now, guys, when I looked up and saw the inactives and saw that one Justin Fields was not going to be on this, this uh, television screen of mine, I was cool. I was I was pretty good. I was pretty there was nothing that was going to happen in this game that was going to motivate me to think any differently. And then I saw the game and then I saw some parts of the second half and then I saw the fact that, you know, Artie Burns is out there trying his hardest while Thomas Graham Jr. By the way, I saw my guy Herb Lawrence, another uh local, you know, celebrity on the on the sports scene here in the city of Chicago. Shout out to Herb. Saw my Herb, my guy Herb talking about don't put you know, while we're putting Thomas Thomas Graham into the Pro Bowl, such and such. First of all, Herb, ain't nobody doing that. All right, knock it off with your straw men. All right, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Ain't no, ain't no, nobody in their right mind walked up to Herb Lawrence and said Thomas Graham Jr. should be in the Pro Bowl or putting the Hall of Fame jacket on him. All right, so that's that's just something that we do. I just got to send that out to my guy Herbie because I love him and I saw that tweet and it made me laugh. Nobody's putting Thomas Graham Jr. into the Pro Bowl, but it'd be nice for him to be the starter. And I know he rotated back and forth with Artie Burns at that cornerback, but cornerback spot, but uh, a weak spot for the Chicago Bears this year has been their secondary. The entire secondary goes out pretty much due to COVID, and your man Thomas Graham Jr., who's on the practice squad, six-round pick out of Oregon, gets a, a, a shot and plays pretty damn well. Plays pretty damn well. And then he has the game that he has against the Seattle Seahawks, where DK Metcalf was one of the best players in the game. Hits him with a stutter go. All of a sudden, you're behind a man that big and that fast. He's racing down the sideline for a 41-yard touchdown. That's not the problem I have. The problem I have is Thomas Graham not getting the start. The problem I have is going into the week, you know, Larry Borum, uh, you know, smoke him if you got him, <laughs> Borum if you with him. Larry Borum out here at right tackle, all of a sudden Jermaine Effetti, because he's pushing people around and getting the C slapped on his chest. By the way, when Jermaine Effetti is one of your captains, fam, uh, that is that that sound that you hear in the background, that's the violinist and the, and, and the piano player and all the people on the Titanic at the top of the boat just sitting there playing their hearts out and enjoying a T. Jermaine Effetti is a captain on the Chicago Bears. Like you tell me your season sucked without telling me your record. That, <laughs> they, they make anyone and everyone over there. There's no yeah. sword and gun on the table. No one gets their <laughs> finger pricked. Anyone's a captain. It's, um, a, glor it's a glorified crew over yeah. there. It's a glorified day. You know, your, your teammates over there at NBC Sports Chicago, Lance, Olin, Alex Brown, they were going in on this topic and how that was like, that's like little league stuff right there. When you just name a guy captain just because he played, that's his former team. They're like, come on, that's like small time stuff right there. And then right. like they talked about the whole concept of how it has real, really no meaning if you have to None. declare and if you change them out all the time and how, how it meant something when you had that C on your uniform and you were able to add those stars for years of tenure to be a captain. And they talked about how that meant something. And then you just like slap it on anyone and everyone at any time. It loses all meaning at that point. 
point. They've been doing it for years, and they sort of talked about what it was like when they started doing that, you know, in the Trestman era or whatever. But yeah, they, they, they did a great job on the after show talking about that. Yeah, but it's, it's uh, unconscionable. Yeah, <laughs> like, like there's no like, you know what? You ain't got no captains. That's how I would address the team. Guess what? Uh, we thought about naming Jermaine Effetti the captain. Uh, we we thought better of it and didn't. And there will be no captains for this game. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and listen, they, they they go for two at the end of the game. They win it twenty five to twenty four against the Seahawks bunch. By the way, I mean that game might have ended or sealed the fate of Pete Carroll and the Russell Wilson era in Seattle as well. So it's not without consequence. You know, each game, there's a story. Each game, there's a theme to be followed. But, you know, just the little things, right? The fact that Larry Borum has to get into a game because Tevin Jenkins hurts himself and he plays on the left side, you know, this team doesn't have a first-round draft pick until 2023. So what we're talking about right now is not draft position. That's the other thing. When a team sucks, when a team is bad, like the Bears have been bad this year, th- at this point, we're sitting around in, in, in a city like this because we're, we're great at draft prep in this city. We, we can't wait to scour you know, the SEC for some backup linebacker in the fourth round so we can call up and, and, and act smart on sports radio. We're great at that, but guess what? There ain't no draft picks. You traded for Khalil Mack. You traded for uh, Mitchell Trubisky. You traded up for, hell, Leonard Floyd you traded up for. Uh, Justin Fields, you traded up for him. Right. So in this in this time where I don't know if I'd be letting Ryan Pace make the decisions, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I'd be letting Matt Nagy make the decisions on the roster. And I know that's cutting the coaches. You know what's off right before you're about to you know chop his head off. But come on, man, like making the best decision for the team is what Matt Nagy said. What's best for Sunday? The problem is, I want to know what's best for the future Sundays. And Thomas Graham Jr. playing by, and I thought Artie Burns, by the way, should have been starting at that cornerback position at the outset of this season. I know he was hurt, but when he came back from his injury, there was nobody who was going to tell me that Kendall Vildor or whoever the hell else they were throwing on the other side of Jalen Johnson was better than Artie Burns. And Artie Burns is a decent player at that. He's just been injury prone. But these are the things. You know, these last couple of games, doing it for guys that you are not going to be talking to because they're going to be on other teams and your ass is going to be fired doesn't help the Chicago Bears. So these are the reasons and these are the times when somebody who is the football person in charge, even on top of Ryan Pace's head, should be like, yo, I ain't having it. If you think Jermaine Effetti is going to start while we got two young tackles who we need to know if the next time that we're good, they're going to be a part of the team, that's what needs to happen tonight. If you're going to mess around and have to put Nick Foles in there because Justin Fields is hurt, guess what we're going to do? Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, we're going to run this damn ball. Cole Komet, get ready to get open because you're going to get eight or nine targets. We got to find out that the only productive thing left in this season, after all the consternation and all the the ridiculousness that goes into the fire Matt Nagy stuff, which is a fait accompli for everybody in this city. The only productive thing is watching these players do bad things on the field and correct them the next week or do great things on the field and try to replicate them the next week. And you can't have that happening when guys like Jermaine Fetty and, you know, whoever, who, Artie Burns, shout out to Artie Burns, right? But Artie Burns at this point is fighting for his NFL life too. You can't do that when you got guys ahead of young players who you have to find something out about. Right. If I don't trust your talent evaluation, because guess what? Nobody goes into a season saying we're going to be five and 12. 
right? But if you do end up 5-12, and 12, your talent evaluation, your injuries, whatever the case may be, something fell short. So why should I trust your talent evaluation in the, in the last couple of weeks of the season? No, this is what it is. I'm pressing the button. This is the time where you, you want a hands-on owner or a meddling owner or a meddlesome owner. Because I want an owner to be like, nah, that ain't happening. Larry Borm is out here. Jermaine Fetty, you can wear that C on the bench. You can tell everybody about the 12th man and how cool it was to play in Seattle from the bench. All right? And if somebody get hurt, that's when your ass can get in the game. You kidding me? Like, those are the things that piss me off as a Bears fan. Because for years and years and years, all you do is watch players who, one, should be better than they are and don't develop, or, or... Go to other teams and find a way because they've been implementing and, and put in a position to best accentuate their skills, right? Leonard Floyd is going to mess around and make plays in somebody's Super Bowl if the Rams go there, right? Like, I, that's, that's the problem that I'm having is watching old players be bad on a bad team. There's no room for it. And, and by the way, this isn't an old player. Don't know if he's bad. I do know the team is bad. Yo, Eddie Jackson, th- th- there was a moment there uh, inside the five where I-, I believe it was the second touchdown that the Seattle Seahawks scored. Gave the ball to the running back, Eddie Jackson. One arm, in the old one arm. One, come on, fam. <laughs> you ain't on a date, player. You're right. You, you know what I mean? Like you ain't you ain't doing the yawn. You know, oh, let me put the arm around this young lady. That's what it looked like. Fill that hole, man. Get in there. I mean, at what point? Because everybody knows that the eye in the sky don't lie. The moment you make that decision, you know, when you hear the crowd roaring, that's going to be on your ass on film session on Tuesday. So this is the problem that I'm having. If dudes who are underperforming and still getting paid, cool. Get your check for the last couple of weeks. We'll holler at you. But I'm going to throw somebody in there. I'm going to throw somebody in there who wants to go hit somebody. I'm going to throw somebody in here who, who knows that they maybe have 150 plays left in this season and they got to shine for all 150 of them and take that mentality into the offseason. I know you don't build momentum at the end of a bad season, but guess what? This team don't have a first-round pick to look forward to. So at some point, somebody I want to see who the first-round picks can be that are already on this team. Who are the guys that are going to be the pillars and the foundations of this squad? And, and if a dude is hurt in Justin Fields, then cool. I'm going to now rely on the scheme to get certain players open that I need to see more from. I need to see more from Cole Komet. I need Darnell Mooney to have a stronger finish to the season. Darnell Mooney, you know, you've been riding a roller coaster a little bit in the, the middle to latter parts of the season, right? And and for, for God's sakes, the jet sweep to Darnell, that ain't working. You know, like there's there's certain things that just haven't worked throughout this season, along with the talent evaluation to get you to the point where you're five and ten. And I know I'm saying this on the heels of a win, but even in a win, at what cost, right? Those snaps for Jermaine or Fetty, they don't amount to much. There's no material there after this year. Jermaine Fetty should not be a person that you're thinking, okay, if we're going to win here in the next couple of years, we got to make sure Jermaine Fetty is on the team. No, you got to make sure if, can Larry Warren play? And can he play at a high level? What's his ceiling? Can you develop him to be a, a, you know, a viable option at the right tackle or a swing tackle, right? Because you saw him play left tonight. So these are the things. Even in a 25-24 to 24 win, Tanny, uh, I'm, I'm left scratching my head as a Bears fan because you've got guys who aren't playing that should be playing a lot more than the old guys who won't be here the next time you plan on being good.
Yeah, and I'm happy they won. When I watch them, I'd rather have them win than lose because it's been, rough, it's been a rough year and there's been a, a lot of guys in the locker room who, who they're they're trying to win and they want to have a good flight from Seattle to Chicago. But you mentioned Mooney and Komet. How do they get better when Jimmy Graham is getting all those red zone targets, man? Like, and I, and, and I know he's out there making a lot of money and he, and he more often than not, he will catch the ball, but that doesn't make anyone better for next year and beyond. Like that's, it's, it's baffling to me. Like all, all the, the receptions that he's got in the red zone. And I know they don't get down there often. So they want to convert. They want to make it, make themselves look better when they're down there. But how does that make Cole commit better? How does that make him a more effective target in the red zone? That's your second round pick right there. And I don't think, he hasn't had many opportunities to really get better because Jimmy Graham keeps getting the targets. And I know he probably, you know, deserves more with the, the, the opportunities that Komet has had down there in the red zone. He hasn't looked great, but the only way you can get better is getting those repetitions, man. And it, it's maddening. And although I was happy that they won, but just seeing the opportunities like that, they're so scarce to, to be able to get an opportunity like that. And they just go by the wayside because they're they're married to guys who make make the money, man. And that that's frustrating. To their detriment, they're married to winning the next play in the next quarter. And at this point, if you go five and twelve as opposed to seven and ten, it really doesn't make that big of a difference. There's no draft position in play. What you need to be doing now is taking care of the franchise, knowing going into the draft, okay, right tackle isn't an issue. Left tackle isn't an issue, or maybe it is, and you have to fortify it with more depth. Like, these are the things you have to find out and understand going into the draft. I mean, shout out to Robert Quinn, by the way. Like, he's still still balling out, still crazy. Like, seeing Robert Quinn at the podium on a weekly basis is still one of the more, um, like, your eyes are drawn to Robert Quinn. Because Robert Quinn one always looks like he's in an immense amount of amount of pain, <laughs> like he's 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 got like his resting face is one where it's like quizzical, right? Like he's like, hey, why are you why are you asking me these questions? Because I might bite your head off. And then he comes out with a joke. All right, I was watching, you know, I was watching forensic files in the back. I really don't watch ESPN. That's why I didn't know that I was going to be on the Pro Bowl. Like he's a regular ass dude who just happens to be a really, really damn good football player. And it's good to see, you know, this late career renaissance after what he was as a Ram to start out with first year with the Dolphins seemed like he was, you know, still being Robert Quinn, got Nick up, got hurt, uh, was a cowboy. That thing didn't really work out, had flashes, and then comes here and, let's face it, underwhelms for a lot of the time because he was hurt and for whatever reason, it wasn't clicking. And this year, he's been outstanding. What's he got? 17 sacks, right? He's right at the right at the toes of the sack machine. Richard Dent <laughs> trying nipping at his heels, trying to get that single season uh, sack mark for the Chicago Bears. So th- there have been some positives to this season. Uh, nothing overwhelmingly so that's going to change how you feel about the year. But Robert Quinn continues to ball. Uh, there, there's certain guys who haven't uh, who haven't let go of the rope, and, and I can appreciate that. Not as a fan, but as uh, you know, a member of this industry who watches these things. And when guys aren't quitting, when it's very easy to quit, let's face it, y'all, like we've all had bad jobs before. We're like, you know what? You're going to get all 85% of me today because that's all you require. And that happens in football. It happens in basketball. It happens in all the major sports. But when you see a guy still going hard, when you see a guy still you know, competing out there at the level that Robert Quinn is competing at, it makes you feel good about it. It makes you feel like there's still some integrity in that situation. There's still some character uh, out there, out there on the field. And I'm not saying that there isn't, you know, for the most part, but it, it feels good to see a guy actually still working his ass off out there in a season that's all but lost. And we got ourselves a snow game, which, you know, with, uh, you know, I don't want to want to 
alarm anybody but you know with the climate change and all that other stuff it seems like we we got two seasons here and the go oh, good old us of a which is summer and then blizzards or hurricane like it's either inclement weather or hotness for pretty much the, the entire country so it's good to see a little bit of a snow game out there but nah man there's there's, there's one game a year where i don't catch at, at all the plays you know i don't catch as much of a game as i would like and boy oh boy if any game was right on time for that. It was the old Seattle Seahawks Chicago Bears clash of 2021 when Nick Foles found Demir Bird in the back of the end zone for a two point conversion to seal the deal at what's the name of the the stadium down there? What's, what's the name? Oh Jesus Christ! The Lunar Vision or whatever. <laughs> what, 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 what's the name? <laughs> Jesse, you out there on the West Coast with all those weird ass names of the stadiums? What, what's the name of Seattle Stadium? Lumen uh, Field. Uh, Lumen the club, Field. Club, Jay. Yeah. Oh, no, it better not be the club. Ho, 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 ho. Let me tell you about the time that I saw Steve Nash at Lumen on uh, New Year's Eve <laughs> where, where the Phoenix <laughs> Suns were in town. It, boy, was it a sight to see. I'm like, wow, didn't know Steve was that big a fan of the community. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this boy had a good time New Year's Eve that night. That was when the Suns had Amari and Steve Nash. Like, they were just a traveling show. And boy, boy was the, uh, the, the precursor to the show the night before. Quite a thing to watch. Just the things you, just the things you run into in this city. You know what I mean? Just you see Steve Nash in the middle of a dance floor enjoying himself every once in a while. Yeah. So yeah, Demir Bird catches the the pass in the back of the end zone, two point conversion style. For That's a hell of a catch. It's your point, Lumen. man. Like you it's don't amazing know, catch. You don't know about guys like that what they can do, what they can do inside the red zone if you don't get get them out there, get them some reps, man. What was a hell of a play? Hey, <laughs> listen, I I'm pretty sure Demir Bird can't play, but let's find yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know definitively. Like I want right. to know if he's a guy. Or a dude, <laughs> you know, oh, right. more than a guy. <laughs> look at look at Teddy. See, he gets the he gets the show. You know, I, I appreciate that guy. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's one of those things. Especially it's the weird Christmas, you know, holiday season schedule. So you like you wake up the day was it Christmas Eve Eve. From from the twenty third to the first is pretty much an abyss. Everything is lost in there. It's all the same day. You don't know when or if you're working. God bless you if you have a job to even worry about that kind of thing. But like you don't know when or if you're working. There's weird sport times. There was three day. There was three NFL games on Christmas Day, right? Like yeah, I'm not used to that. COVID is still kicking everybody's ass. Like it was just. And by the way, shout out to everybody who made it through the holidays with their family, because uh, I know how much of a trying experience that could be for some of y'all out there like we all know what it is we love family because they're on the phone <laughs> and, then, and then then you you get to hang out with them and you're like oh okay this is what the, this is why i moved out all right i can feel it i can dig it yeah this this is why i still don't live at the crib like shout out to moms and dads and aunts and uncles and cousins and all that but as, as a person who enjoys his space a little bit uh the holidays are always a reminder of how much i enjoy that space so i'm glad everybody made it through the holidays i'm glad everybody's uh here to listen to the pod and you know hear me go on and on about the chicago bears in the game like i said the the last time i i this stuck out to me too because the last time i i had one of these instances i couldn't watch the game because i believe i was in atlanta at the time but it was the peanut tillman was like you know three forced fumbles game against tennessee where they had six turnovers forced if i'm not mistaken yeah like that was one of those games where I, all all i did was because i was in atlanta and i was trying to catch 
every play of every Bears game, but I was like, oh, I'm not going to catch this game. And all I did was saw the highlights. I'm like, I just missed one of the greatest performances of all time. I, so I, th- I believe it was the Tennessee Titans that they, that, that people yeah. did that against. Urlacher had the pick six in that game. And like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I remember that game. Yeah. Oh, the times. You know, but it, yeah, but it's not one of those. I, I, don't think, I don't think you missed anything today. I don't think you missed anything then because that was sort of like <laughs> the end. I think that was the Lovey's last year. I mm-hmm. think so it was like, here's your signature performance of a Lovey Smith defense. And, and got most get of your the- black ass out of here. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for nothing, 10 and 6. Hey, 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 the, the, uh, the curse of Babe Ruth, the curse of Lovey Smith, man. I don't know. I don't know. Since, since, since they fired a 10 and 6 coach, it's been a little. A little rocky around here. So, yeah, <laughs> shout out to the Bears for allowing me uh, this Sunday to, uh, you know, do what I do in terms of preparing and getting ready to watch the Chicago Bulls because the 25 to 24 victory over the Seattle Seahawks, I, I caught enough of it. Uh, and I-, I think I've caught enough of this Bears season. And now that we don't have a draft pick to look forward to as Bears fans, all I can hope. All I can hope, and my fingers are crossed, and I know this is a stretch, and I know this is a a tough ask, but all I can hope is that Bears staff members, Bears coaches, people in the front office, the people in the leadership positions just say, hey, why don't we play some of these younger players in a season where we've got two games that could kind of be like uh, a prequel to the preseason for next year and find out what the hell we got? Because in the end... This season has been over for a long time. You ain't got no draft pick, so you might as well find out if the kids can play. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. So I mentioned we had a, a weird tape time for the Bulls game tonight. Uh, we, we got in there mega early, a couple hours, three hours before the game. Taped some of the segments. You know, that's why, it, here's a little behind the scenes for you. If you ever uh, watch one of those halftime shows and you see no mention of the score being made, you know what I mean? Like no one's telling you what's happening at half or who's leading the game or any of that kind of stuff. Good chances are we've taped that thing and we're probably sitting somewhere having a nice steak dinner. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> that's why Jason Benetti didn't have a comment for you coming coming yeah. out of halftime there. I was wondering, I was like, oh, here we go. Jason yeah. Benetti have a little something for you. Then so this is this is the thing, Tanny. People think like me and Jason are in the shit. Like people think that me and him are like not friendly right now because he made the Colonel Mustard joke few weeks back top-notch joke right like if you play in the dozens i could i love it because you know jb's good people he's a witty cat like he's super clever so if you don't come correct your ass is gonna get fricasseed right there on the television because he's quick-witted but since then i think we've taped two of these so both times i have had no conversation with jason benetti so what it looks like is me and jason benetti are gonna be like you know charity boxing you know on a, on a jake paul card here soon because the animus is building and growing between the two of us as we sit there and ignore each other on the same broadcast. But I mean, hell, you know, Hawk and Stoney did it for years, so why can't why can't JB and I do it? I was gonna say I'm gonna leak it to Feeder right now. Trouble, oh, <laughs> right. trouble oh, brewing, <laughs> <laughs> as we all know. <laughs> Goff's expiration date is soon soon drawing near. <laughs> he's like Brandon Marshall, where he's only be somewhere for three years before he starts to punt footballs <laughs> into the air during practice. <laughs> 
<laughs> nah, man. It was a, it was, a, it was a decent affair this evening as the Bulls took on the Pacers. Last time they saw the Pacers, uh, they got waxed by thirty some odd points. It was the worst loss, I believe, of the season. So. The Bulls get their entire team back, minus Alex Caruso and Derrick Jones Jr., who are both out with injury. Uh, And, of course, Alfonso McKinney and Lonzo Ball, uh, who are out in the health and safety protocol. So from from here on out, Bulls fans, um, I don't know what this season is going to be or what it feels like for you guys, but there, there are certain marks to good teams that you have to recognize. And one of those is how do you play when... Everything is in in your favor. And you're watching some of these top-notch teams and some of these name-brand teams like the Lakers who, you know, things aren't in their favor and they crumble. And you, you find out the character and the fortitude of a squad. This team doesn't know that it's decimated. It doesn't know that the head of the snake is out in Lonzo Ball, so this should be a tough one. Even though Malcolm Brogdon was out too, the Indiana Pacers point guard, who is a terrific, terrific player and a great value for the for the money that they got him at. But, I mean, you got Demonis Sabonis, you got Miles Turner. Chris Duarte, the, the uh, rookie out of Oregon, uh, is a grown man. Like, just a, a really, really solid basketball player. I believe he had 12, 14 points in the third quarter tonight, but... This was a game that the Pacers really never controlled. The Bulls jumped out and set the tone. And defensively, um, they, the, the Bulls' defense this year has been as eye-opening as DeMar DeRozan's shot-making ability, as Zach Levine's continued efficient. Like, at this point, we shouldn't even call him efficient. It's just what he is, right? Like, there, there aren't – if you look at Zach Levine's – game logs, there aren't a whole bunch of 10 for 35s, 12 for, you know, 28s, those kind of vibes. Like, Zach Levine is somewhere around that 46, 47% shooting mark every single night. And I don't know what his average uh, is this year uh, in terms of field goal percentage, but, you know, last year, this dude was flirting with 50, 40, 90. And if you know, in shooting parlance, that's that's considered, a, you know, an excellent shooting season, a premier shooting season. There's not a lot of 50, 40, 90s running around. Uh, it, it happens, you know, maybe a couple of guys a year. And that's 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the line. I think Zach finished with like 83 or 84% from the line last year. But, you know, us calling Zach Levine efficient just because we think of what Zach used to be or what he was painted out to be in terms of a high-volume shooter who didn't really affect winning as much as he should. Well, guess what? Dude grew up. The dude put on weight. The dude has watched more film. He's become more of a professional over the last three years. And you're seeing him uh, reap the benefits of that that hard work. And he he comes back tonight uh, after being in the health and safety protocol. And he, he actually said at the end of the game and in the press conference afterwards that, uh, quote, I'm tired of getting COVID. Because this is the second time he's run around with this virus. It's the second time he's missed an extended period of time. He's been in the health and safety protocols before when he did, when I believe when they were just, you know, when it was contact tracing. He had it last year for the 11 game stretch where they went three and eight and essentially missed the playoffs or play in situation, a play in tournament because of how they played down the stretch when he was out. Uh, which is the impetus, I think, to Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnaschovas to go out and get Lonzo Ball, to go out and get DeMar DeRozan, to trade for uh, a Nikola Vucevic last year to make sure that if Zach Levine is out or down or not playing well or double teamed or whatever the case may be, whatever basketball obstacle is thrown in his path, that they have somebody else to kind of 
uh, take up the slack. And they not only have somebody to take up the slack, they've got a guy who's playing like an MVP candidate right now. So Zach comes back and gets 32 against the Pacers tonight. DeMar DeRozan has a solid game. Nikola Vucevic has a solid game. Ayo DeSumo comes off of the bench. First first guy off the bench, by the way. Like this went from Ayo DeSumo went from a dude who People were like, ah, he stayed in Illinois one year too long to, ah, he's going, you know, he's, he's going to be a first round, end of the first round pick somewhere around there. He gets drafted in the second round. He goes to Summer League. And let's be honest, if you're a Bulls fan and you were watching, the Summer League wasn't kind to Ayo DeSumo. He, he struggled a little bit to the point where I thought he was going to get some run in the G League, right? Let him cook down there, get him, get his feet wet. And then if you need, you know, garbage minutes or whatever the case may be, if you need somebody to kind of push the guards and practice, and, and, and be a developmental rotational end of the rotation player that, that that would be his role and he gets thrown into a couple of games early in the season and not only gives him a shot in the arm but also starts to close out games for them and plays well yeah man this is this is a dude who's got not only confidence but he's got you know he's he's he carries himself like he knew he would right there's a difference between confidence and cockiness and all that good stuff and carrying yourself like I knew I would. I just had to get the chance. And I can appreciate that. I, you know, I love it, right? Jimmy Butler was that same way, right? And I haven't always agreed with what Jimmy Butler has said or done, whether he was here in this city or at other stops along the way. Jimmy has always kind of been Jimmy. But the one thing that I always respected and always thought was tried and true and admirable about him is he worked his ass off for the moment. He knew what he was, and he just needed a moment. And and for a guy like Ayo Desumu's season to be derailed because of COVID, and then you come back and you're the first player off the bench. I mean, Kobe White's still on this team. You still got a few veterans off that bench, and Troy Brown Jr., some other guys who have helped this team. And you're the first player off the bench. Like it, it, it speaks to the culture and the, uh, the 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 toughness of this squad, and it's something that frankly they didn't have the last two years. You know, Lowry Markkinen, as skilled a seven-footer, you know, as you'll find around the NBA, the only separation is sometimes a little too deferential. Sometimes when teams and defenses punch, you, you didn't always get a punch back. Like, that's not the case. That's not the MO with this team this year. This team has a bunch of dogs on it, and a lot of people throw those words around. I'm talking about real dudes. Like, Javante Green was on the end of a Celtics bench trying to figure out life. He gets his chance and didn't let go of it. He met the opportunity, right? I mean, Derek Jones Jr. bounced around a couple of teams, high flyer, you know, aerial, acrobat, all that good stuff, but he didn't just want to be known as a dunker. He, he finds himself on the Bulls. All of a sudden, he's guarding fours and fives who weigh 40, 50 pounds more than him and doing an admirable job. Alex Caruso pretty much said to the Lakers, yo, I want to come back. Just make me any kind of offer, and I'll, we'll figure it out. They said, no, we, we need to get Taylor Horton Tucker his money, and on top of it, we got to go sign Russell Westbrook. So you and DeMar DeRozan can carry your ass to Chicago, and guess what they did? They've been carrying the Chicago Bulls team. So they've got a bunch of dudes who for whatever reason, don't know that they're not supposed to be this good. And they don't know that they're not supposed to smile in the, in the, in the face of COVID and rotation issues and, and you know guys being out for, for long stretches of time. Like all the things that all the teams are dealing with in the NBA right now, the Bulls are dealing with it. They're just running through it. And the times that they do lose, you never really think, man, the Bulls got punked tonight. That has not happened. 
And it happens along the course of an 82-game season. There's going to be times where a team just comes out in all black with black Air Force Ones on. And when you see black Air Ones on, you know a crime is about to be committed. You know what I mean? Like, you see certain dudes coming off the bus in certain certain cities. You're like, oh, them boys on a mission. And sometimes you catch it. And you don't catch up to the third quarter. By that time, everybody got ice on their knees. You already got your ass beat. That, that hasn't happened with the Bulls this year, where they've just been jumped by a team and had no answer. Yeah, they've been outshot a couple of games where teams just shot the lights out early on and, and all, you know, the Bulls are playing catch up and they resort to ISO ball. But there's not been a time this year where I thought the Bulls got punched in the mouth and just, you know, stayed in their corner. It happened a lot the last couple of years. And it wasn't because guys wasn't because guys weren't wasn't tough. It's because guys didn't know any better. It's because guys um didn't have that experiential kind of consequence to not being tough enough in the moment, right? Like if you're looking for the right answers to the test and somebody's already taken this test, it's going to look a lot different. I think for the last couple of years, guys were trying to figure out what the right answers to the test were. And you've got guys this year who already know what the test is. It's just the questions just coming in different forms and different sequencing, you know, different order, you know, they the, the questions might be phrased or worded a little bit differently, but they've answered these questions before. They've answered, okay, you're down seven with two minutes left. Who's going to take the shot? All right, if, if you got to hedge your pick and roll, who who has actually been doing the film study knowing that this guy has to go be forced to his left instead of his right, right? Like if they throw that dumbass box in one defense that teams were throwing out there against the Bulls early on in this season that teams got shot out of, how do we answer that question? Last two years, this Bulls team really didn't have those answers. This year, they've got players who have answered those questions just in different forms and different stops. And now those guys are all wearing the same jersey. I've said it a lot about teams who you know there's talent there, but you don't understand or you don't know why it's not coming together. And I've called teams before, you know, when you see guys out on the floor, you, you call it, hey, there's, there's five strangers out there wearing the same jersey. This Bulls team is the complete antithesis of that. There are, there are five brothers out there wearing the same jersey. And you never know who's going to get called up. And on top of it, the professional discomfort and the professional competition level that is happening inside this team. Please believe Zach Levine has been hearing these MVP chants for DeMar DeRozan. Please believe that. Zach wasn't coming out here tonight getting 17, 18 points for no damn body. Zach was coming out here shooting for a 30 ball just to let DeMar know, hey, you know, I know you done been there and done that. It's still my crib, though. You got people out here. You know what I mean? It's like when you, you invite somebody over your house, right? And your lady or your sister or somebody, they got way too many compliments for a dude in the crib. It's like, hey, all right. Yeah, he cool and all, right? But, you know, he don't pay the lights. You know, he don't pay the rent up in this. Like, hey, let's, let's, not, let's not give him the big piece of chicken and all the compliments all at once in front of me. You know what I mean? Like, Zach in the cut, like, at, at, at that, he's at the crib with COVID watching DeMar DeRozan drop 38 on, on the Lakers and the MVP chance going up. You know, Zach is at the crib like, no, 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 no. I'm still Zach Levine out here. I'm going to go out here first game back, give him 32 real quick. You know, so it's fun that way. It's fun. And it seems like these guys are, uh, I hate saying this, but feeding off of each other, right? In, in, the, in, the, in the greatest sense of the cliche of feeding off of each other. So uh, the Bulls got to get Alex Caruso back because defensively, you know, they can only do this so often against high-powered backcourts. You're going to need Lonzo Ball. You're going to need Alex Caruso. The, the foot sprain does scare me. 
because that guy, you know, he, he, he you talk about footwork on the offensive end, watch Alex Caruso's feet on the defensive end. That that dude, if he is hindered in any way, I think we're going to notice it. So hopefully he can get back on the men. Lonzo Ball, hopefully he can provide the negative test, get him out of that protocol. Derek Jones Jr., his situation is a little bit different with the hamstring. But this Bulls team, I've been saying it, and you've been watching it. This Bulls team not only is for real, but we're getting we're you know we're turning the calendar here. And once teams stay in this this area, it, the expectations become a reality. And now the Bulls are expected to finish in the top three or so now. Now, if they don't, we're going to be asking questions like, what happened? Why the Bulls fall off and become the fourth or fifth seed in the East? So tonight's game against the Pacers, if you look at it, you know, it's, it's December 26, 2021. You look back at the box score a year from now and go, okay, that was the night they played the Pacers. For me, it was just another reminder of what this team has turned into when we talk about culture, when we talk about balance, when we talk about leadership. All those things have changed as because this team is tougher than they know they've so they're supposed to be, especially in times where there could be a letdown. This team answers the bell. And that's all this city has asked for when it comes to sports. Just just try hard. Play hard. The talented ones are going to show how talented they are. But the nights that the talent doesn't shine, your effort does. And this Bulls team has shown effort continuously over and over again. And oh, by the way, they got two guys who are gunning for the MVP and will, I think, get top 10 MVP votes if this season pans out the way they hope. It's the full goal, baby! Connect with the show 24-7 on the Full Gold voicemail line. Hit us up at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. Thank you, Vic Spencer. Don't forget, you can check out our guy Vic. His new album, Spencer 4 Higher 4, is on Bandcamp now. Go cop that. I just grabbed it, too. I'm looking forward to giving that a listen as Jay and mm-hmm. I were talking about our favorite Christmas music during the break. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. so Vic Spencer's we- Christmas Christmas hits. That, that'll be the next one from our, our, for our guy, Vic. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a talented dude. <laughs> you can go back to listening to, to other music again that's not Christmas music related. Oh but I threw out the uh, the phone number during that Bulls game, during the Bears game as well. And uh, you guys were about as inspired as we were watching that game. One of the least <laughs> memorable uh, Bears games in a long time. And who better than uh, Q to start us off here about that Bears uh, game? Yeah. Man, Bears are going to Bears. Ain't this just about the most Jersey Bears win you've ever bared in your life? Come on, man. Talk about, well, we don't have that graphic, so who cares? Whatever. But I miss most of it. Happy holidays! I got Q in the eggnog early. Shout yeah. out to our guy Q, man. Q, Q uh, emptied his cup, but did you hear? Did you hear about the cup emptying that went on uh, with Matt, no. Matt Nagy and the boys? Yeah, here's Matt Nagy in the post game talking about uh, all the players. They emptied their cup uh, yesterday. Oh but, no! Whatever you do, win, lose, or draw, if you just empty your cup, you got a full cup, you got a half cup, and you empty it, and we all empty our cups, we'll have a, a damn good chance to win the football game. If you just pour your cup and you don't empty it, then you're not giving it all you got. Throw the record out. I don't care about the record. Throw whatever out. I don't care. What I do care I care about is when we're out there. Every coach out there does it, has no regrets, empties their cup. You can empty this cup for sure. <laughs> oh no. See, this is why this is why I don't need to be tapped in because <laughs> I'm just gonna get angry. Like 
I was going to go the whole pod without screaming about the Bears. I was going to go the whole pod with a smile on my face. You know, it's ho- happy holidays. You know, <laughs> I was I was going to get my get my TB on, you know, but now, nah, man, emptying your cup like at this at this point, you know, you could just throw all that away if you're Matt Nagy, you know. Why, like why do it? <laughs> it? It was a really nice story about his older, uh, oldest high school sons. Like that's like a lesson that they're learning at his school right now. So he relayed that to his own team. Oh, okay. David, and David Montgomery is talking about he emptied yeah. his cup, but still, just like en- enough. I think we're we're all done with it at this point. You should. Why don't you empty the cup again against Packers? Why, why don't you go for right. it fourth down right. against right. Green Bay on a nationally televised game? But uh, you know, it was funny because. People were excited to have Nick Foles up there at that podium because he's kind of a good <laughs> teller in his own way. Yes, he is. Tell, like they had been waiting a long time to get Nick Foles out there. And like if you remember it, during that that Justin Fields first start against the Browns, where they, there was that little thing with Nick Foles in the sideline. He on looked, the sideline, he, he was pissed for Justin Fields. So yeah. Bigsy had a chance to ask him, like, "Hey, uh, what up with that back then?" Remember that week three game in Cleveland? That's not, not the rehash that game, but but Fox. Yeah, the offense was not working that day. I, I love this question because everyone was thinking it at the time. Yeah. From your perspective, it's not my place to say. I just know that I have great teammates that are going to continue to work and we're going to continue to build. And tonight we were able to get things going offensively, just good enough to get a win by one point. Um, and I know guys are going to keep working. Yeah, man. <laughs> they, were, they were excited to see Nick Foles up there. Not his place to say, but everyone knows what he's thinking. Oh, my God. That's like somebody asked you, hey, do you, do you think your lady is beautiful? That's not for me to speak <laughs> on, to be honest with you. What? <laughs> Dog, like... You know what it is? It's when Brian Greasy, when the helmet, when the helmet communication went out for Brian Greasy at the end of that game years ago, and and Brian leads them. I think it was against the Eagles, and Brian leads them on a fourth quarter comeback, like the last two drives with no plays in his head. He's just out there drawing it up in the sand, and he had the audacity to go in front of the media. He was like, "Yeah, I was calling all that shit in the huddle. I'm pretty dope, don't you think so? I'm gonna be a Monday Night Football broadcaster in a few years. Hope you check it out. Hope my own corporation doesn't." sandbag me by putting two famous brothers who are Hall of Fame quarterbacks on at the same time as me. <laughs> I don't know if he said all that, but you know what I mean? Like It, it reminds me of that time because Brad Greasy was like, oh yeah, no, I didn't have any I didn't have any direction or coordination. That was all me and the guys. And then the Tuesday rolls around and he's, he's like, sorry guys, all the plays were called from the sideline. The coach is very good. I love football. That's what that's, Nick Foles is like, hey, hey man, I got two more games and an exit interview. Yeah, the offense was trash that game. Everybody thought so. I thought so. Y'all know it. Thank you for asking me this question. Shout out to Bigsy, by the way. I love. I love the fact that you you uh you, <laughs> you previewed it by saying <laughs> Bigsy. Me thinking Bigsy saying what up with that is is yeah. going to <laughs> is, is going to ring in my head this <laughs> evening. Yeah. What up though? I'm Brad Biggs. <laughs> Welcome to Detroit. <laughs> All right. Moving oh, on here. So, you know, sometimes we will take uh, questions via Twitter. And, you know, we, we had talked about this, uh, you know, in terms of the Bulls and what they need to do to improve other than, you know, staying out of the health and safety protocols. Uh, right. But we had a question come in uh, from Loud Chuck on Twitter. He asked, how can the Bulls <laughs> add some size and rebounding this year? Who should, can they target on the trade market? 
Well, I mean, we, we talked about this, right? Well, first, the market has to set itself and it's getting ready to. Guys like Tristan Thompson, Marvin Bagley from the Sacramento Kings might be out there. I wasn't going to say Thompson's Robin fun. <laughs> he's yeah, yes. fun. Especially this season, he's been real fun. <laughs> in many ways. In, Tristan is fun in many ways. Tristan, I mean, like, depending on how you look at things, Lightweight legend. And I'll let you, I'll let you, you know, Google all the things you need to Google. But Tristan is is a, a man who doesn't believe in consequences. <laughs> so maybe he'll maybe he'll be that way on a on a floor for the Bulls, you know, throwing his body around. He's still a terrific rebounder, he's still a big body, and he's a champion, right? Like along with all the off-the-court shenanigans that he uh engages in. He's he's a champion, and and everybody who's uh, spoken about him, spoken how he hard he works, and what a good teammate he is. So the Bulls, they're looking for some size, and it's kind of like offensive tackles in the NFL, right? Where it's like, all right, we're looking for a tackle, and every NFL team's like, man, we ain't even got two good ones, so I, don't come looking over here. Like the 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 teams who have size right now know that they are commodity and trying to stick people up for it in a game where. Uh, the small ball stuff, I think teams are realizing if you can't go small ball for extended periods of time, you're going to go big ball. And teams are throwing a classic power forward and a classic center out there in a lot of matchups and lineups that you didn't see over the last few years. You know, it's all cyclical, and I think it's coming back around to, like, more conventional lineups. But the, the small ball teams out there, they could do it fine. The teams that need a big out there or need a big to sustain something while a guy goes to the bench. I mean, the Philadelphia 76ers went out and got Andre Drummond for a reason. You got Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond. They're going to lean on you and lean on the offensive glass for an entire 48 minutes in a seven-game series where they may sneak a couple games out because they've got second chance opportunities that you didn't get. So it'll be the small things. It, it won't. I don't think it'll be some blockbuster move. Uh, you know, a guy like Kenrick Williams, a, a dude who's playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder, back up big, uh, turn himself into one of the better bigs in the game, back up bigs in the game, uh, you know, can score the ball, shoot 40% from the arc. Uh, or, you know, if you're thinking big names, you know, Jeremy Grant, who is with the Detroit Pistons right now, uh, the Pistons are going in a different direction because they've got all that youth. They got a really, really nice group of young players on that squad. And Jeremy Grant is a dude who made made good for himself, you know, after playing with the you know, Oklahoma City Thunder and the Orlando Magic. Now he's he's with the Pistons. He's a guy who can get you twenty a game, but he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna cost you a, a pretty penny. Whether it be Kobe White and Patrick Williams in a lottery pick, you know, down the road, something like that. But nobody's going to be helping the Bulls out. So any depth issues that they may have is not going to be a big move because one, this team I don't think is into spending any more draft capital, and two, uh, teams just aren't trying to help out an Eastern Conference contender. Why? Why would they do that? Why would they help you with your problem? So I think the Bulls are going to make maybe a minor move or two. Don't know if they'll they'll take a big swing, uh, but I think the team that you see outside of a, a couple of minor tweaks is the team that's going to go into the playoffs, hopefully healthy. Uh, next one up here from the 847, you know, we've talked a lot about the Bears and their future going forward, but, uh, you know, they're starting to see some some names out there, the Bears fans are, and they're starting to get yeah, a little excited yeah. in terms of head coaching candidates, but the 847 is checking in on uh, uh, one name in particular here and just the concept of uh, of, of thinking big here in the offseason. Hey, golf. Uh, it's Drew right here in Elgin. Uh, happy holidays to you and yours, Danny, you as well. Um, I just got a question. Should, should I be allowed to dream about 
coaches, right? Like, I keep hearing rumors about Sean Payton, you know, and, and other coaches. As a Bears fan, is, is that even a possibility? Can I dream of that, right? Like, you see these other college coaches that just bounce, you know, and start taking on new languages and other shit. Can I dream about, you know, <laughs> Ron Rivera and Sean Payton and other people? Is that a possibility that I can look forward to? Are you about to just do to my dreams what, what Christian Woods did to Jordan <laughs> Ward last night? You see that dunk? Oh, my, oh my God. Gosh. That shit was beautiful karma. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out to you, brother. Uh, yeah, you could dream. See, when a coach has had as much success offensively, especially as Sean Payton, you know, that kind of guy is like a, a master chef, right? And a master chef can pick whichever kitchen he wants to go work in or open his own restaurant. And I don't know if right now the most attractive restaurant to work at is the Chicago Bears. Now, obviously, Justin Fields would be the main selling point to whoever uh, the new head coach is going to be. And I'm not even mad if they go out and get a defensive head coach. As long as you assign somebody that is uh, sought after, that is not just an innovator, but uh, a adaptable on the offensive side of the football, whether that be Kellen Moore, who's going to be in line, I think, for that Dallas Cowboys job when Mike McCarthy moves on. Brian Dable has been out there. His name has been uh, bandied about. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett has been talked about. Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator over there in the New York Giants, has been uh, talked about as a, a really good head coach in the making. And then, of course, you got the guys that we've been talking about and Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich and some of those names. Uh, Trace Armstrong's name has come up as well as far as a guy who might uh, be taken over or get a look uh, in a consultant kind of situation. And if you don't know who Trace Armstrong is, you know, do your Bears Google. So I used to watch Trace Armstrong get nine, ten sacks a season out there on the left defensive end. Good old number 93. Uh, I think he was back in the day, uh, who now represents uh, coaches and represents Matt Nagy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and Ryan Day from uh, Ohio as, as State, a, Justin Fields, former yeah, coach, so there's a natural yeah. connection there. Trace Armstrong has denied those reports, but, you know, he's a very smart guy, very well-connected guy, well-respected guy in NFL circles. So, yeah, that's like the first, uh, I think, thing that, that thing that needs to happen is they need to establish it, what the hierarchy is going to be here before they go out and because you know we, we had another call here asking about you know would you have whether have Sean Payton or Ron Rivera or Mike Tomlin you know like those are some big names out there but but the, all those guys you know Rivera not so much because he doesn't have the Super Bowl you know the victory to, to show for it but those guys have got have their skins on the wall and I don't know if like you said if they're going to want to come into a situation that's in as much disarray as the bears are in currently you know like especially mike tomlin like that's a guy maybe you hire to to be the guy that that you know like have give him a bump and you know what yeah, the tell us what to do <laughs> you know like you talk about a guy who's adaptable you know originally a defensive guy and has had you know a lot of success but yeah it's they, they've got some things they have to sort through there but <laughs> trace armstrong it was a a good fit i think in terms of a guy who's well connected and in league circles that would be a good start but just anyone of that of that ilk i think would be a, a good start and then the dominoes will begin to fall after that 
And I just want to see you make the decision, too, as as the Bears brass, right? Like, we, we make jokes about the consulting firms and Ernie Accorsi and all the other people who, 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 you know, get together and confer and all of a sudden hand over this list of names to the Bears to pick from an interview. But I'd like to see the Bears make the move without going on, on the outside and having anybody else uh, help them select it. I know, you know, what you don't know you pay for. I can dig it. But like I've been saying on this pod, been in the family business of football for 100 years now. At some point, uh, you guys have seen and know what it takes to be a winning organization because you're in all the meetings that the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Giants and all these other family franchises are at, right? Like you're at these owner meetings, right? You know what the hell they're doing. So maybe pick something off their plate. And Mike Tomlin is a is an interesting name because either Mike Tomlin is going to be the Bill Parcells dude to me if he goes anywhere else where it's like, yo, by the way, there's going to be nobody above me. I'm, I'm going to be making all the picks. I'm going to be hiring all the staff. I'm going to be paying all, you know, all the assistants, all that kind of stuff. Or, or, He's going to be a team president who solely evaluates the talent and also hires a coach, that kind of thing. Mike Thomas is a Hall of Famer, right? Mike Thomas has been with the same team for a bunch of years now, uh, has been a winning head coach, has won a Super Bowl, uh, has has been a legacy coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Like you think of you, you think of Chuck, you think of Bill, and you think of Mike. You know, you think of those three guys because those are the three guys in the last 60 years to coach Steelers football. So this Bears situation is a lot different. Uh, hopefully they make the right decisions because I think Ryan Pace, you know, although a nice guy, I think his time has come to an end as well. Uh, now, would I be surprised if Ryan Pace is making the next hire for Chicago Bears head coach? No, I wouldn't be surprised because that'd be very Bears of them. But I think you just need a clean sweep. I think you need a clean slate and maybe just need new blood, too. Right. Like the Bears are famous for not hiring coaches outside of Foxy uh, with, with with previous head coaching uh, experience. Uh, I, I wouldn't be mad if they continued that trend and try to go out there and find whoever the next Mike LaFleur is going to be, whoever the next Sean McVay is going to be. Or if it's a def- defensive guy, just say, hey, the offensive side of the football is going to be handled by this person. I will make all the defensive and head coaching decisions at the top here. And we're going to go out here and win some football games. But whatever it is, simplify it for Justin Fields, protect Justin Fields, develop Justin Fields, because that's the only way to do it. As we see the Russell Wilson era maybe ending in Seattle, think about the run that they've had from the moment that they decided that Matt Flynn shouldn't be the starting quarterback, even though he was the offseason acquisition from the Raiders, I believe, that year. And from that point on, they've made uh, NFC title visits. They've made Super Bowl visits. They've won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson has become the face of Seattle Seahawks football. I think Justin Fields has the same stuff in him he's just got to have the right infrastructure around him and that's all the time we have for our voicemail line as always you can hit us up 773-359-3103 that's 773-359-3103 and as my man tanny said make sure you go out there and download and purchase our guy vic spencer's spencer for higher album the full goal with jason golf All right, that's all the time that we have for episode 46. We'll be back Tuesday with our final episode of 2021. We'll recap the game one of the Bulls home and home against Atlanta and all the latest news out of Hallis Hall as the Bears prepare to face the Giants. As always, hit us up on the full goal voicemail line at 773-359-3103. 
That's 773-359-3103. Thank you to everybody out there for downloading and listening to and subscribing, rating, reviewing this podcast, the thing that we call The Full Goal. I want to thank our producers, Steve Cerruti, Chris Tannehill, and Jesse Lopez. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff saying thank you once again. Hope your holidays have been festive and interesting and safe and healthy, most importantly. Happy first day of Kwanzaa to everybody listening to this here on this Sunday night. Just continue to celebrate, continue to bring in the good vibes. Hopefully 2021 is a good one for you, but make sure you're doing it with the Full Gold Podcast. So for the fellas, I'm Jason saying thank you so much for listening to us. And as always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other out there and please continue to be safe. Thank you for listening to my daddy. It's a fool.